Hello, and welcome to Must Love Food. I'm Amanda, and today we're talking about Mardi Gras. We'll give you a look inside our Mardi Gras story from our January-February issue, plus a few recipes and classic cocktail ideas to get the good times rolling. Then we'll make a meal from James's fridge, plus some fun New Orleans-related trivia. Enjoy the show. We want to connect with you. Follow Cuisine at Home on Pinterest, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube for recipe inspiration, cooking tips and techniques, behind-the-scenes action, and cooking videos. You can also subscribe to our free newsletter at cuisineathome.com newsletter. First up, we have a mashup of Table Talk, Inside Scoop, and Top Shelf, where PM John, Haley, and Maddie will talk all about Mardi Gras, talk about some of the recipes we developed from our January-February issue, and some classic cocktails that you can enjoy. All right, we're here to talk about Mardi Gras, and we all are a little hesitant. We do know some things, but not everything, so let's not hold us too accountable. But I just know I like Mardi Gras. Yeah. <laughs> It's always a fun celebration. We may have the same level of knowledge that most people have about Mardi Gras. So We knew a little bit about stuff and sort of did a little research to fill in a few holes. Yes, like the carnival season always begins on January 6th, which is known as King's Day or also known as the Feast of Epiphany. I wonder if that's hmm. where king cake come, came from. Actually, we need to do a little research on that. And we have not done a king cake either. No, we haven't. Mm -hmm. Well, what about the colors on a king cake? Oh, that does have meaning. I did look that one up, people. So purple stands for justice, while green for faith and gold for power. Ooh, it's Those pretty are kind of big words. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> but this all got started because we decided, no, since it's this this issue, what issue is this? The Jan Feb, mm -hmm. Fat Tuesday. We falls wanted... within that time frame. Yep. So we wanted to do a menu. So Maddie and I kind of joined forces here to put some things together. And the first thing in the menu is a chicken and andouille gumbo. Now, there's a lot of um, per perhaps heated discussions about, you know, what's the correct type of gumbo. And I'm, I'm sure that, you know, I will not be traditional in someone's eyes, but everyone here liked it when we paneled it. Oh, it's delicious. Um, and when we do a gumbo, we start with a roux, um, and an oil-based roux is traditional for a gumbo. Uh, and you can cook it a lot longer than a butter roux, and you want to because that's going to develop your flavor. So that's one of the key pieces to starting your gumbo. And then... Don't you cook it till it's almost like, like looks like peanut butter? Kind yes, of that color. peanut butter. Right? And I've seen other people do it darker than even that. Deeper. Even deeper. That's yeah. what I've seen. Yeah. Yep. That's yep. where it starts is that when it get peanut butter aroma off it. Mm -hmm. I know. I think I went on the time. lighter side. Um, but feel free to take it further. I had a friend want to. who was from uh, Louisiana. Um, Baton Rouge, maybe? Or she went to school there. I can't remember. And her dad made gumbo. And we were back in, I was living in New Jersey at the time in New York. And um, uh, she and her uh, ex were visiting. And we made gumbo with duck and shrimp. And I don't remember, but we got a really dark roux. I do nice. remember that. Yeah, her dad walked us through it on the phone. <laughs> well, and the thing is about the roux, it takes a long time. Like, I think it was at 45 minutes or so. It can take a long time. Let's see. Yeah, mine took about 45. Uh, you want to cook it kind of on a lower temperature so you don't burn it. Mm hmm uh so yeah that's yeah. kind of the big it deal the if you try secret. to rush it you can ruin it and then it'll just take you more time to get a new batch going 
As far as controversies involved, I can tell you for a fact, I, I read uh, a lot of our reader correspondence and respond to them. And somebody did score us heavily on our <laughs> gumbo recipe. I did see that. Uh, um, I think but I think that, that's going to be typical. That Sure. Yeah. No one's going to be happy with, you know, everything. There's just so many variations and it's such a personal thing. Really. It really is. Mm -hmm. And I, I think one of the main complaints was that it, this person thought it looked heavy on the tomato when actually, in fact, it really, it wasn't, it was diced tomatoes. So it wasn't a tomato sauce and it wasn't, I didn't put any puree or paste in there. So it doesn't have too heavy a tomato flavor. And the other thing to keep in mind is that this isn't our first gumbo. We've, oh. you know, each time we have to switch it up, we can't do the same recipe. So we've got to put a new spin on them. Exactly. That's Great. right. Great. You know, and you can kind of put in, it seems like people use whatever kind of meat they want or is available to them. I did one with a smoked turkey leg, I think, mm. way back when. I think I remember that. That yeah. was good. I think John gave me the idea to use a smoked turkey leg. I was going to say, I <laughs> thought it was my idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and one of my favorites that we've done was the green gumbo. Oh, yes. Uh, oh, yeah. I don't remember if it had any meat in it. It was primarily greens, but man, it was just so flavorful. It was just different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So in addition to the gumbo, we also did a dirty rice. And this one does have the... Uh, what what makes the it dirty? <laughs> it's the chicken livers. Um, and I know a lot of people are averse to chicken livers. They look slimy. They're a little off-putting when they are raw. But when you cook them, they have good meaty flavor. And honestly, mixed in with the rice, you kind of don't even know they're there. Because there's no big chunks of them. You're not going to bite into a chunk of a liver. Um, and that's what gives it its dirty color. Are you mincing it or is it just disintegrate? Um, it doesn't disintegrate um, like I read that it should. Um, but what did I do? Um, I, I trimmed off any of the, you know, sketchy bits and, and diced it pretty small. And then as you cooked it, it broke down a okay. little bit, but it didn't dissolve. And, and if you are um, used to having like a giblet gravy, you would not even bat an eye right. at having this at mm -hmm. all. I mean, that's what I grew up with. And I love chicken livers. I grew up eating a chicken liver stew and I love chicken liver pate. So this was right up my alley. But I didn't feel like it had too much of that organy flavor. It did. No, no. <laughs> no. So <clears throat> organs. <laughs> it really, it was really quite good. And I was happy that we got to do the livers in there. Well, it's traditional too. Yeah. It yeah. is. Yep. Yep. And then we also threw some hush puppies into the mix because who doesn't like those? Mm. And but these those ones, had a fun twist to them. They did. If you like shrimp and grits, these were sort of flavored like that. And they had a delicious remoulade to dip into and, you know, fried things. They're always <laughs> up my alley. So, mm -hmm. but don't you forget yes. the other Let's little thing forget. to wrap. We have two more things to wrap up into this story. Tell us about the moon pies and the cocktails, okay. Maddie. So the moon pies came from, so... I personally have not gone to down to celebrate Mardi Gras. Someday, maybe, when the kids get older and I can get away. But <laughs> my grandparents would always go south in the winter. Lucky them. But they would always send us back boxes and boxes of moon pies and beads. So they clearly were partaking. And What I was just, your grandma doing to get those beads? <laughs> I don't know, but they sure had a lot. So <laughs> I don't think that way. <laughs> But so that was always iconic to me whenever because our family grew up having Fat Tuesday parties. We'd hide the baby in the food and whoever has. Well, technically, you don't have to hide it in the food. You might want to explain that. So <laughs> it's not a real baby. But so the, well, we a lot of times a king cake has 
fake babies, little baby a tiny toy, plastic baby. Toy plastic. Yeah. Yes. So we took it to the next level because we weren't big on king cakes. So we would just hide the baby in different things like jello shots under the <laughs> table. I know our Fat Tuesday parties were just like we were there. Um, but it was just fun trying to see who would find it or what it would show up in. So it could be under the table, but whoever got it would host the party the next year. That's the way it's supposed to be. See? Mm -hmm. So you got to get creative at times. Um, so going back to the moon pies, I knew we wanted to include moon pies. We haven't done them here before. And not to, you know, not to slam the actual moon pie. It just never was my jam. They were always, maybe it was because when they'd be shipped, they were just a little cardboardy tasting to Stale. Me. Stale. <laughs> Not as fresh. Um, so these were really good and fun to make. So we, you start off by making a graham cracker kind of cookie, and they're very thin, crisp. Um, then you also make kind of a marshmallow fluff to kind of go in the middle. The best thing about this is you can make it in parts. You can make the dough and the cookies ahead of time and then go into baking the cookies and then making the marshmallow fluff. And then after you make that marshmallow you put it between two of the cookies and you put them in the fridge and let them kind of set before you dip them into some chocolate and you can add some fun sprinkles. These but were so good. They were. They there were. were never enough to go around when we wanted <laughs> seconds or thirds. So. Oh, I know it. And it, it was just funny because like I never like I it you had to have a moon pie whenever they show up, but then at the same time it was like, "Oh, it's fine, but these were mighty fine." <laughs> And Haley kept saying her roommate had always had them, but she never had one. He was from the South, and he, I don't know, maybe he got family packages shipped to him, too. And he would get moon pies, and he had a specific number of seconds he would microwave them. Maybe oh, that would enhance That does them. help it. And he did always eat them with an RC Cola, which I have oh. heard is is He a is thing. indelibly Southern. A, I know. I, that's a thing. That does not did he put appetizing no. to me? There's, there's Coke, which is almost every other form of pop, and then there's RC I love RC Cola. So is that where they also put the peanuts and the soda? I've heard that. I've heard that uh -huh. too. Is, is it with the RC? I don't know if it's with RC, but it's definitely with a cola. Okay. Hmm. Sweet and salty, I guess. <laughs> now that we've gone <laughs> off track of Fat Tuesday, <laughs> but this was a fat. You know, I no. have not been to Mardi Gras Exactly. I left town as Mardi Gras weekend was getting underway, but I've been to New Orleans a whole bunch, but I had never had a moon pie down there. Really? I did not really know that they were a big thing. It's a throw item. So with beads, oh, it's also, really? you, they also throw them as well. Okay. Well, I did get some beads, but oh. no moon pies. <laughs> she Better was busy. Her. I was a little shy, I guess. <laughs> Better than having a beignet thrown at you. That's true. <laughs> Then you Ooh. got cream on your face. A little powdered sugar <laughs> dust in your eye. A little chicory coffee. Mm. <laughs> but then lastly, which surprised us because we've done hurricanes in the past, which is very traditional for Mardi Gras. But also we found out gin fizzes are too. And that is, you know, we always hear that it is Pam's favorite drink. So she was gone and I made this drink and all I could think of is, gosh, I hope she approves. <laughs> She's, she knows it so well and I had never had it. We, uh, well, we made it for uh, one of our Friday cuisine cocktails, I believe. That's and right. I did enjoy it. My dad, as I've mentioned on cuisine, uh, uh, cocktails with cuisine, um, he made these every Christmas and he would pull his blender out and a Ramos gin fizz. This is what he made has 
egg whites, lemon juice, gin, and sugar, and um, the orange, orange flower water. Orange flower water. That's yes. what makes it the Ramus, Ramus. I found out. And um, the guy's Ramus or something owned um, a hotel or something in New Orleans, and he employed a bunch of young kids to stand there and shake the um, the shakers to get them frothy. And he sure. would tell this story every time he would make these. <laughs> but he used his handy dandy blender and uh, we had them. And so they are near and dear to my heart. And so I was excited that we were doing it. And I know you did a riff on it. Yes. So it was very similar. I didn't do the orange blossom because I put orange juice instead because that we thought what, a lot more people would be easy to find that. And you do buy that and it kind of sits in your cabinet if you don't like them all the time mm. kind of thing. Totally. Um, so this one was like a triple citrus, I believe. Yes. So what we had was sugar and water, one lemon, and like zest from a lemon and a lime. We also had some orange zest. So we used all the zest. And then we also used juice from a lemon, lime, and orange. Some egg whites, which a lot of people are somewhat skeptical on. But it was fine. It was good. Um, gin, of course. Um Oh, heavy cream. That was the oh, other thing. Mm -hmm. A little heavy cream. Yeah. My dad did that. I think he used half and half in his, but yeah. Yeah. And we that tang a little bit. Totally. And we mm -hmm. also put in some ice and, and like Pam says, we did it in the blender. Um, no need to throw out those arm muscles. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then we topped it with a little club soda. You know what, Pam? I bet that was kind of a threat, like to you saying, you know, I'm doing this in the blender, but you know, kids back then had to shake these. So you're getting it off the hook good. Easy. <laughs> but no, it was pretty good. Um, then we also did like some, to make it festive, we put a little sugared rim with some different like kind of sugar colored sugars. Oh, fun. Yes. Very fun. Those, so you can find that at cuisineathome.com. Were those those Mardi Gras colors? They were. <laughs> You know, I think the thing about the egg whites is that it sounds really hanky. Like, what the heck? That's this thing that I drink. And it really just foams up nicely. It's It does. If you so didn't know innocuous. there was egg white, I think exactly. you wouldn't even know it's there. Absolutely. Well, And the acid cooks the, it anyway. So mm. it's not technically raw. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and there are a lot of cocktails across the board that you will find with egg whites in them. It's a very yep. common. Um, yeah. It's a whole category of yeah. cocktails. Yeah, for sure. Okay, but since it is Mardi Gras and you can't have a Fat Tuesday party without him, we got to talk about a hurricane. Oh, yeah. That's mm, a so real good. New Orleans thing. <laughs> Love them. And it is so tasty and it goes down so easy, but man, it will kick you. Way too easy. <laughs> so in a hurricane that we have done, it has passion fruit juice, orange juice, some lime juice, and here comes the kicker. You have both light rum, dark rum, and coconut rum. Not just one, but three. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then followed by some grenadine and some super fine sugar. So, you know, mix it all together and well, have some fun. As much rum as there is in these drinks, you really just don't even know it's there. It does make 12 <laughs> servings, if that makes you feel better. Or or one cocktail on Bourbon Street. So. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. Two. In your Go Cup? Yeah, in your 46-ounce Go Cup. <laughs> um, what is the name of the place that made the Hurricanes famous? Isn't it something O'Brien's? Is that right? Does anybody know? Sounds I don't know. Pat yeah. O'Brien's? Maybe. Might be. Pat O'Brien's. Might be. Yeah. Um, 
You know, another New Orleans food that I really like is barbecued shrimp, but it's not like barbecued shrimp that you guys, uh, most people not barbie? shrimp with barbecue sauce. Yeah. Pardon me? It's not shrimp on the barbie? Uh, no, not <laughs> at all. And it's kind of very saucy and it's kind of vinegary, if I remember correctly, and hot sauce. Um, okay. Yeah. My ex uh, went to school in New Orleans, so, and I used to work and travel a lot in a different industry. And so I've been to New Orleans a lot. And um, yeah, that's one of the things that I really love in that city. That's a great uh, food city. I know, John, you've said that. you've been there. What was uh, your favorite? A few times, but I, I just was thinking about this. Um, you were mentioning uh, getting rid of the kids. and um, <laughs> Bye, girls. <laughs> I was living in Birmingham at the time, so it wasn't a big problem for us. So um, my wife and I brought our two children to Mardi Gras, or not to Mardi Gras, but to... <laughs> to New Orleans just at Easter actually and um, we pawned the k kids off with grandma and grandpa oh nice and we went to uh, the commander's palace oh mm, nice well we had Sunday brunch jazz brunch it was fantastic just so they everything have music there yeah live well, and... yeah the Sunday brunch does okay yeah, New Orleans jazz um, there's music Pete Fountain. everywhere now who's okay. the chef there again back then it was one of the Brennans but I don't know oh okay um but the funny two things about that is that <laughs> I had my first true milk punch. What's which that? Is cream and bourbon. Ooh. Oh, it's like and the other thing. Gotta get your calcium. That uh, it's become a family story is that uh, Cindy went to the restroom there, uh, ladies' room, <laughs> and was so impressed with the place she came back weeping. <laughs> she wow. Was, she was immaculate. I wow. And I believe they have attendants in there too. So that was that kind of I've a deal. I've been that to a bathroom. makes me nervous. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of, well, and then you feel bad. You're like, am I supposed to tip you for giving me that piece, like paper towel to wash my, wipe my hands out? You know, you don't know what to do. That's yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, you are. Just kidding. I did do that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Haley, you asked about if there was music at the brunch and stuff. There is music everywhere. 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 Okay. Um, all day and all night. It's like Nashville, actually. Okay. It's so the, just, the restaurants oh. and buildings must be large enough to accommodate bands and whatnot then. Yeah. And you just walk down Bourbon Street and you hear it coming out, too. And Yeah. Um, you don't actually even have to enter a lot of the buildings. Oh, okay. You can okay. just stand outside the okay. uh, windows, which aren't windows, just the openings on the buildings. Sure. And, well, and I think the floats, there are definitely some music coming off of the floats and things like that if you're there for Mardi Gras and all of that kind of stuff, which starts, I know, you know, Fat Tuesday is the big day that the end, it ends Mardi Gras, but that whole weekend leading up to it. And even before then, there are celebrations going on that really start on the 6th of January mm -hmm. up through, and it just kind of snowballs. It gets bigger and bigger. As closer, you get closer yeah, to the event. Exactly. Yeah. Don't certain crews uh, sponsor certain weekends, I think? I think so. Like yeah. That. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when I was down there with uh, on an editorial trip, uh, we were taking a tour of uh, the Garden District or something like oh, that. So pretty. And uh, we were going to one of those classic uh, New Orleans cemeteries, which are just jam-packed because they're all above ground. And while we were there looking at that, we actually, a second line funeral came by. So we had the, you know, un, unexpected, unintended show of the real deal. Wow. That was really cool. You know, we also, John said this was controversial, that Mardi Gras began in New Orleans. Oh. You said some people feel that is not true. No, it, uh, Mobile Bay, Mobile, Alabama claims it. it was mm -hmm. their, uh, 
at least they beat it by a few years or something like that. So that could be. Um, so no, I think we had fun making it. We hope you know you let the good times roll and mm -hmm. enjoy this spread and les bontons roulés. Yes. Ooh. <laughs> I can't say that. <laughs> I don't know what you said. Let actually. the good times roll. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> just repeating. What yes, Maddie that. Said. All right. <laughs> Next, we have James, a senior editor from Gardengate, one of our sister magazines, here to make a meal with Haley and Pam. Okay, here's what I've got. Horseradish, hot sauce, fig jam, that's caramelized fig jam, strawberry jam, yogurt and that is a, a greek yogurt um let me see cranberries half a bag of cranberries baby carrots always in my freezer i have frozen peas and i also put up uh, iowa sweet corn in the summer so i have a lot of frozen corn and peas in the in the freezer i always have a rotisserie chicken in my in my refrigerator You'll see a 12-pack of beer there. That is not for me. That is because my brother is retired from Anheuser-Busch and always gives me beer, so that's for company. There is always a bottle of white wine. That would be a, a dry white wine, probably a Pinot Grigio or something like that. Always have whole milk. Um, I always have cheddar. There's a block of cheddar in there, and there is a hunk of Parmesan in the cheese drawer. I also have, uh, I think you can see, I have uh, a ha half of a package of turkey sausage. And also in my freezer, I have uh, the frozen stock I made from my uh, turkey carcass from Thanksgiving. Wow. <laughs> oh, my. Okay, then. Mm. Uh, well, I'm thinking dessert, honestly. <laughs> That's where I started first. Okay. I started with the refrigerated pie crust. And right, I'm sorry, and I do have the that's half a package of refrigerated pie, pie crust in there, okay. so there's two doughs in there. Uh, because James just gave us this handwritten list, that's why I mentioned that. So I'm starting with dessert in the refrigerated pie crust, and definitely the cranberries, and maybe some of the jam. I don't think the applesauce, and just toss that together and make a little galette. So I've got dessert done. <laughs> you could brush on some of that that um, milk and um, maybe sprinkle some sugar if you have some of that floating around. Uh, what? I guess you could also make a pot pie with the pie crust. You could do that with the rotisserie chicken and whole carrots milk. Carrots and the carrots. peas and the corn. Yep. Um, and the stock. I mean, I think you could make a pot pie out of that. Definitely, and I think adding some cranberries into that might mm -hmm. be a little nice. Mm -hmm. mm, I'm liking this. Yeah, yeah. and a little, right. you could have a little cheese maybe on the top or something like that if you yep. wanted a little sprinkle. I would actually pro briefly process those cranberries because I think it makes it a little bit nicer uh, when you have having a savory dish instead of having those whole cranberries, uh, okay. to be honest. Sure. sure. Um, All right. All right. Well, we got that there. You could also make, of course, a soup with uh, the stock and the frozen veg and the canned beans and the sausage or the rotisserie chicken, I think. Um, that is smoked turkey sausage. Oh, OK. Well, I know because it does. Sure. That takes over profile, a little bit. Right. Mm -hmm. 
I'm kind of interested in this leftover tuna noodle casserole. Mm -hmm. Oh, right. I'm sorry. There's yeah. also that tuna noodle casserole <laughs> that was actually made for a friend who was uh, not feeling well. So that's half of a tuna noodle casserole. I don't know casserole. why I like to take old meals and like <laughs> sure. make something with them. <laughs> I guess because I don't want to throw it away, but I don't necessarily want to eat it as is. Um, and because I love fried food so much, apparently, <laughs> I want to turn it into like a cake and fry it. <laughs> I uh, see so you have eggs, and I, I'm sure that you have bread that you could make breadcrumbs from. At yes, home, in fact, there's breadcrumbs in the freezer. Panko. There's breadcrumbs in the freezer. So, as you well. know, you would do your standard breading procedure on that. But depending on how chunky it is, I might give it like a rough chop to try and help things hold together. Um, and I was kind of thinking, though I like the cranberries and the pot pie idea, um, maybe just heating up that applesauce and throwing some cranberries, cranberries. in to turn it into a Cranapple sauce. Yeah, that'd be nice. Could be nice. Well, and I was just thinking, I know you're not really necessarily a horseradish girl, but I'm wondering that tuna noodle casserole, do you think you could do like a little dipping sauce with horseradish and ketchup Definitely. maybe? Uh-huh. <laughs> For sure. Or you could mix some into the whole deal oh, and make it part sure. of the cake yeah. itself, you know? Um, I think we've touched a lot. On a I lot of stuff have. here, right? right? And, and with the wine, we'll just pour you a glass. Oh yeah, yeah. That's, oh, yeah, we, we could, don't need to cook. With we that. could deglaze maybe if we we're making a, um, a, a soup. soup or something like that. Sure, definitely. Um, or a pot pie, and we were cooking up something. But yeah, it's always you know, some that, for the pot, some for the cook. A turkey sausage pot pie. Might, a, a turkey sausage pot pie might actually work. Oh, I yeah. think so yeah. for yeah. sure. Um, I, the wine. I don't know if you see it, but it's in the door. Okay, I missed that. It's always yeah. in the door. What kind of wine is it? <laughs> um, my house wine. It would be a Pinot Grigio. Okay, all right. A dry white. <laughs> yep, I like a dry white. <laughs> okay, so what time shall we be there? Anytime you want. Also, don't forget, you guys, there's beer in there. Okay. I don't need that. <laughs> I know, but you can bake with it. Well, you could cook the turkey sausages and some beer, right? Yeah, dinner at James. Yep. Dinner at 8. Here we come. Thank you. Lastly, we're going to play Cracked Up. Kim's here with some Mardi Gras New Orleans related trivia for Robin and Teresa. I guess it's time for trivia, right? I yes. have Robin here and Teresa, and I'm going to try to stump them, but I have a feeling they're going to be able to figure out answers for these. The, uh, these questions are all um, regarding Mardi Gras or New Orleans in particular. So uh, think in that vein. Okay? okay. All right. Okay. So first question is, what New Orleans-born musician signed his letters, Red Beans and Ricely Yours, because of his fondness for the dish? So think New Orleans musicians, very famous. Eh. <laughs> Oh, I oh we should you know could this. Come up with this. He oh. um, had a deep voice. And was it? No, was he New Orleans? I don't, I'll just say Louis Armstrong. Yes, was it, it was right. Louis Armstrong. Yes, you yes. are right. He okay. signed his letters, "Red Beans and Ricely Yours." I thought that was cute. That is cute. Okay, and he was so, so good. yeah. Oh yeah. So according to folklore. What original Louisiana dish takes its name from the phrase meaning throw something together? So think about classic New Orleans or Louisiana dishes that we've done here at Cuisine. 
The only thing I can think of is jambalaya. That's it. Oh, that, you're right. That's the right Way answer, Teresa. <laughs> I knew you guys would get these. Okay. Which ingredient are you likely to find in Creole dishes but not Cajun dishes? Blackened spices? No. No. Crawfish? No. Um, well, okay, so think about um, some Cajun dishes. Red beans and rice, I think, is a Cajun dish. But then a Creole dish like jambalaya has what in it that the Creole dish red beans and rice doesn't have? Help me. Does it have filet? No. Okay. No. It's easier than that. Ah. It's much easier. All right. Tomatoes. Oh, no. <laughs> I know. <laughs> no. That was like almost too, That's too crazy. Easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I okay. had no idea. Okay. I, I, all, right, all right. Two more. Uh, what is the king cake tradition? Oh, the baby. Right. But, so each king cake is hiding a plastic, a tiny plastic baby. Right. And whoever gets the baby in their piece makes the king cake the next year. That's right. Ah. Or at least has to take or bring the cake. Right. Right. They they're in charge of it, but getting they're, the cake they're the for ones. the next year. Yes, that's correct. And, okay, this is not food related, but I thought it was a good one. True or false? Is it illegal to not wear a mask on board a Mardi Gras float? It probably is illegal. It is. It's, right. it's not just a tradition. It's actually wow. a law. Oh, you so have to wear a mask. Everyone okay, on the float must wear a mask or they have to paint their face. And the reason why they made it a law is because they originally started, this was done to originally start encouraging people to mingle and to talk outside their social circle. Oh, interesting. So, okay. Anyway, good job, you guys. Well, <sighs> that wasn't too bad. <laughs> I mean, the one that I thought was the easiest. Was the, the hardest. Yeah, was the I hardest. can't believe so. that we missed that. <laughs> Teresa and I both were just looking at each other with a deer in the headlight. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right. Wow. Well, thanks for playing, you guys. Good questions. Thank you, Kim. Uh -huh. That was fun. Visit our site to learn about special offers, new products, and more for purchase. We offer live cooking seminars from pasta making and cast iron cooking to pie baking and stir frying techniques. Our special interest publications feature recipes centered around certain topics like feel good food and slow cooker dinners. We also offer custom Cuisine at Home branded kitchen tools such as aprons, cutting boards, and bench knives. Shop all of our offerings at cuisineathome.com.